I, honestly, I think you, uh, you gravel pros, like we said last episode, should, should maybe think about doing a little bit of cyclocross. Maybe you'd Why? learn how to like, cause you'd learn how to handle your bikes on dirt. D- Dylan, Dylan. <laughs> Instead of just pedaling hard D- all the time. Dylan doesn't need that. Dylan, oh, Dylan's good. That's right. A good he bike handler. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll yeah. give Dylan a lot of credit for that, but there are a lot no, of guys I that I agree with. What is up, party people? First off, I want to send a huge shout out to all of the fans that I ran into this past weekend. It's always refreshing to hear that people not only tune into the show each week, but that it actually provides something of benefit. As I mentioned to the boys this week on the show, I did a little deep dive into our listenership stats last week and found out that the Bonk Bros racks up enough downloads each week to place us in the top 1% of all podcasts, which is crazy. And we have all of you to thank for that. Okay, let me get off this high horse so we can get on with the show because we've got another fun one for y'all this week. We talk Vuelta updates, answer loads of questions on tires, and give our input as to whether Dizzle has a chance at the Stars and Stripes jersey at the inaugural Gravel Natty Champs this weekend. If you have any questions or feedback for the show, drop us a note at bonkbrospodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the Bonk Bros Instagram page. Big shout out to our loyal Patreon supporters who help keep our mics running and Bonk Bros ramblings alive and well. And if you want to get in on the support action, head over to the link in the show notes. All right, let's get this party started. I want to take the brakes off this new bike. Is there? I have to like just cut the hose, right? There's no other way around that, right? Because that little bolt. Yeah, it depends if, if the... Uh, the frame has clearance for it. Yeah. What what is, what is what is going on right now? What are you doing? The junior that's on the cross team has got two bikes, but he it, so and I had to order complete bikes, but I have parts for the bikes. So I'm stripping the parts off of these frames and giving him the used parts so they can sell the new stuff. Okay, so you're just taking a bunch of parts <laughs> off while we're recording bonkers. <laughs> yeah, because his mom's coming to pick the bike up in an hour. Okay. So you're, and you're going to make him build it himself? His dad. Yeah. It was already, well, I mean, it's not that hard to build, dude. You like, just cut, just cut the, (laughs) just cut the brake hoses. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Cause I think that's the quickest way. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even need brakes anyways. Yeah. He's a junior. Yeah. People used to use cantilever brakes for cross. (laughs) Yeah. It's basically the same. (laughs) Yeah. I cannot believe that. I've ridden a few cantilever brakes and it's, it's insane. Drew. So, I was just looking, so it's super, super smoky here. Oh, yeah. Um, like, the air quality right now is in, like, the 140s. Drew, I think you've got a chance this weekend. <laughs> Wait. What? Wait, the smokier it is, the better a chance Drew has? Oh, how because, high is dude, Nebraska? Keegan's probably not going to race. It? If it's going to be super smoky, Alexi why probably would, won't race. Wait, why would why would they not race? Because it's terrible for your health. Oh. oh, I'm I'm racing. <laughs> I know, I know. Drew won't Who cares care about health. That's <laughs> what I'm you think you think that I literally don't look at that. You think, dude, I just you think that ride. those guys care about their health, man? Like, <laughs> yes, dude. They want the stars and stripes jersey, dude. They they there there was talk a few years ago that some of them weren't going to do Leadville because the air quality was over a hundred, and it's going to be it's like it's one seventy five in gearing right now. Because how, okay. how high is Gehring? It's only it's like, like four four thousand feet. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're fine. Yeah. Kentucky's only. Well, now I'm acclimated after Utah. <laughs> after two <laughs> days in Utah, <laughs> my Garmin said I was like acclimated up to like, yeah, two hundred feet. Definitely listen to what your Garmin says. Drew, you got to <laughs> move the mic closer. We're we're gonna get a lot of this flack is for unbelievable, that. Drew. I can't believe you're doing this right now. I'll just come closer. We need to get you a lav mic or something so you can wear it. <laughs> 
Well, I was going to like, if I had anything to say, I'll just, I'll just. We're literally over. talking to you right now. <laughs> you have a lot to say. We're talking about how you might be able to win the national championships this weekend. <laughs> oh, are we this already is- recording? Yeah, yeah we, dude. This oh. is what I this is what I knew was gonna happen. Like I thought this you were was like, oh, free... I can just talk in the mic if I need to talk, and we're literally like asking you questions that pertain to you, and you're like, wait, what? You asked me something? I thought <laughs> no, I thought this was the pre-recording banter. I'll come closer. Now I'm right by the. I'm right by. It. It's all good. No, dude. All this right. is the stuff that people are paying for. <laughs> yeah, they're not paying me. Tyler, you know much about air quality. Uh, that that AQI index? What's that? What yeah, about? I, f- I feel like you might know a little bit. I feel like <laughs> well, I was talking about it's know. super smoky here He's in Sioux Falls. So yeah. I, I was just curious. So I looked up what this what the AQI was in Gehring, and it's mm-hmm. super, super smoky there. Dang. And it's what? supposed to be this way all the way through the rest of the week. What's the lo- what like? What's so the, right now what's the in, in Gehring, it's like 170s. So, so why? Wait. <laughs> yeah. So you. That's bad. Yeah. Do you think that they're going to cancel the race? No. Or mo- move it or something? <laughs> I mean, is there is there like a, I mean, is there like some sort of regulations about if the air quality is this bad that you can't host outdoor events or something? No, there's nothing there's, like that. There's like, but, perso- like, I feel like everybody should have a personal threshold, but I don't think right. USAC has anything about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So like I have asthma, so I'm not going to work out today because even if okay. I do like an easy ride and it's 140 AQI, I'll feel that for days. You don't have like the Chris Froome type of asthma. You have actual asthma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And I don't even use an inhaler. Adam, big part of the British track program. Yeah. Uh. Um, so like in Sioux Falls right now, it's, it calls it unhealthy for, okay. for, for that's for indiv- any individuals. It's extremely unhealthy if you have dif- if you already have difficulty breathing, such as asthma or other airway diseases. Wow! Um, What's the rating in Sioux Falls? One thirty-six. Yeah. So it is. But in Gearing, it calls it very unhealthy. So it is when I, Wednesday, and the race is on Saturday. I know. I'm looking at the AQI forecast, and they're they're basically predicting it off of where the wind direction mm-hmm. is coming from, um, and and where the smoke is originating, which is in the northwest, and the wind is coming out of the northwest. Right, so it's possible by like Saturday, it shows that it might be in the one twenties. So for all the people that live out or near Gary, Nebraska, get that Wahoo kicker fan out, turn that thing in the same direction, the northerly direction, and blow all that smoke back to Canada. No, dude, no. We want <laughs> the more smoky, the better. Because what I was saying was that if it's super smoky, then half of Dizzle's competition will probably drop out. Wow. Uh, Drew, Drew, dear. is there any is there any air quality that they could say <laughs> that it is that would would cause you not to go to the race? If I'm already there, I'm I'm gonna race. I didn't like pay for a flight to watch. Okay. But you're not is leaving. It, you're not leaving your, until Friday, though. Is your mic yeah, like in the other room, dude? We can't hear anything you're saying. That's right here. <laughs> is it plugged yeah. on the floor? Okay, so so you're not leaving until Friday, though. So you're not there, is what I. Correct. So is yeah, there- I'm doing the I'm doing the uh, maximal amount of time with family, minimal time at races. That's my strategy. So so basically, as long as the race is not canceled, you're going. At a boy. Yep. <laughs> yep. Flight is paid for. As far as I'm concerned, air quality is a nuisance. Dude, lung health is temporary, but glory of a national championship podium is for actually okay. We have actually had this conversation on the Texas Roadhouse cycling team of. <laughs> 
<laughs> what races or like how how many races would it take for you to win and which races would you win if it meant shaving off years of life off of the end of your life so mm-hmm. like assuming you're going to live to 80 let's say maybe would you give up living to 80 to live to only to 78 but you win a bunch of bike races and we had that whole conversation oh dude <laughs> did anyone say no everybody was like <laughs> oh yeah we would do that but that's because okay so one national one national championship at the elite level what you win one national championship at the elite level how many years year, off your and life you, and you lose a year of life i'm not saying how i'm not saying you lose this uh, this much time i'm saying how much time are you willing to lose off the end of your life hmm. nationals has got one I, national I, I mean like they do these studies all the time where like we don't we don't get the studies dude we don't care about the studies we want to know your answer <laughs> take off that i know but coat. nobody ever thinks about their future selves mm-hmm. i think personally and this is because i think a lot about like if i when i'm on my deathbed which is like a very like you know sad thing to think about but it puts everything into context i think when i'm on my deathbed i think one of the biggest concerns i'm gonna have is did i ride my bike too much that's you like can ride I'll, your bike I can, too much, dude. Yeah. What? Yeah, dude. If I was like, on my, if I was on my, yeah, but you don't um, have kids. Okay. kids. I, I'm when also, my daughter grows up, if she says, "Dad, you rode your bike yeah, too much," yeah, but Drew, we're like, talking, we're talking about you winning a national champ when Andy's look, still two, not twelve. Yeah, look, okay, Drew, if you're still I'm trying to win national champs when she's twelve, man. Then yeah, then you're Drew, riding your bike too much. I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying this as as a health nerd. Like, I I want to live to 120 years old, and I do a lot of things in my life that could potentially support doing that. Like I live a very healthy lifestyle, and right, I and right. I consciously live a healthy lifestyle because Dude, I want you to have live tattoos well. and cats. How is that helping? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely you know it's definitely not as bad as Drew drilling a hole in his roof to try to raise his FTP, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay, I'm saying this as a health nerd. Um, like if if I'm on my deathbed and I know that at one point in time, I was the national champion of some discipline of cycling and not the cat one national champion, the pro national champion that would like make my whole deathbed. Yeah. But is, is gravel national championship, the pro national championship, they have a pro category. And quite frankly, if you beat Keegan Swenson this weekend at, at uh, gravel national championships, you beat the best person in the country. That's that's true. Even if he I doesn't start, but what if you win Pro Road Nats and Keegan wasn't there? I don't know. I mean, I guess that's kind of like Pro Road Nats is like a throwaway national champion. Honestly, <laughs> what? You've never even done it. <laughs> just said that to rally up, man. <laughs> I'm just imagining now. I'm imagining Dizzle on his deathbed, surrounded by like. It, like all these use 47 pathfinders and like all those You're race Dylan. numbers hanging up there. No. no, now that you think about it, like if I won a national championship now, when I'm, you know, not too old to like, I, I got a couple more years in me. If mm-hmm. I won a national championship now, that could set me up for like a couple good years of like good cycling. So do I, you know, good, a good five to seven year stint of of like the reigning national champion for one year of life at the end i don't know but i would be real scary to start saying i'm going to shave off years of life for something as as menial as a bike race what are you talking about dude that's all that matters yeah 
<laughs> Dylan, so how like, many years of life would you shave off to win Unbound 200? <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. You know, and we're, no talking one, mod, we're talking modern all Unbound, not 2016 Unbound. Yeah, as soon, I, as, he, as, soon I, yeah. as he wins, he dies. That's what he'll do. <laughs> I just like have a yep. heart attack at the finish line. <laughs> yeah. Worth it. <laughs> worth it. Worth it. <laughs> so worth it, dude. Uh, man, I honestly don't know. That's a scary question because I, yeah. See? Hey, I, it is I, scary. Honestly, I think that winning Unbound right now is more important, is more impressive than winning any of the U.S. national championships. Yeah, it's probably. That, inclu- that includes the road national championship. And that may be controversial to well, say. Well, yeah, because-, because Unbound has international riders in the field. And yeah, nationals. Yeah, there's only f- there's only sixty people registered for for gravel mass. Isn't that yeah, awesome? dude. And if the AQI is one seventy, man, there's only going to be twenty mm. guaranteed. Top twenty. <laughs> it's going to be people showing up with gas masks. <laughs> man, all these guys are ready just to like risk their risk their long term health dude, just to honestly, win a national yeah, championship. Like like Adam, I don't know why you think that Keegan would not go to a race because of the air quality. If it's that bad, dude, and it could potentially affect him for weeks or months, plot, I, plot. I, I don't know how it – like, it could affect me that much. Like, if I did okay, a seven-hour gotcha. race and the air quality yeah. was 170, that might be the end of my season. So I don't know yeah. if, if Keegan would be willing to risk the rest of his season. Maybe it doesn't affect him. I don't know. Plot twist, Keegan goes to Gravel Nationals, and the air quality is so bad that he does terrible at the rest of the Lifetime Grand Prix races. And loses the series. <laughs> <laughs> is there can, can he actually mathematically even lose the series at this point because he's already yeah, won four he's won four but you have to you have to take score your best five and you have to be at the last one but i mean i guess he so it would depend or... if he got zero points at the rest of them then yes he, yeah, he would okay. he would absolutely right. lose there's more of the lifetime grand prix to go <laughs> <laughs> dude the lifetime dude, grand prix is only like halfway done dude how about scott what? i asked him if he was going to stick around for gravel nationals and he's like there's a gravel national championships. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Scott trolls us sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He, yeah. It, let me tell you, he knows about gravel national championships. You guys don't, you guys don't realize how much Scott follows bike <clears throat> racing. He also knew that Leadville happened. I love how he was like, did Leadville already happen? I'm like, you follow half the people <laughs> that did Leadville. You know, it happened, Scott. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Okay, this is, I feel like we got to talk about this. Um, the fact that we were talking about, you know, is Sep ever going to win a Grand Tour race yeah, I know. on the last podcast, and now he's leading the Vuelta. He must I mean, have listened to the show, and he was like, I'm going to prove these guys wrong. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my teammates are going to work for me this week. Dude, that's just a, that's the, the bait that's just out there dangling for UAE and Movistar and all these other teams to just like, have to worry about Sep, and then they're Yumbo is going to hit him with the the Roglich Vingigo one two coming up in the next couple of days. Calling it, yeah. Vinny didn't look that strong in the time trial, which is surprising. I mean, he probably peaked for the tour. No one can hear what you said, Drew. <laughs> Did you just call him Vinny? Yeah, yeah right. He, that's that's what his friends call him. He subscribes sure. to Dylan's channel. So <laughs> Jonas is he's the dude that was like a he, he used to work in like a fish factory or something, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, it's a cool story. Which is just crazy. Like, I feel like that's a lot of these. Uh, I feel like you used to hear that back in the day. 
of like, you know, oh, this guy was going to be a plumber, but cycling was his way out. And then mm-hmm. didn't I see some interview with Vingago where he was like, yeah, they were some team came to look at my teammate. And then my coach was their coach was like, oh, you should look at this guy, too. And I don't know. I'm kind of curious. So I'd like he to was, know the time he was bike racing when he worked in the fish factory. He wasn't. Yeah. just Yeah. No, but he, he had like a real job is what it, you know, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Roglic was like a was wasn't he like a ski jumper or something? Yeah, that's also crazy because that's not really very. I mean, I'm sure he did a plenty of aerobic activity to train for that, but that's not an aerobic sport. It's not like he was cross country skiing, you know. Yeah, my heart would be at anaerobic threshold, like (laughs) every time. Yeah, down that (laughs) that jump. Do you know has anyone has anyone tried to recruit that uh, that other Vanderpool guy, Nils Vanderpool? Yeah, Nils Vanderpool, the speed skater. Yeah, dude, he was doing like he was doing freaking four by thirty minutes at four hundred watts in training. Yeah. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> he's a big guy, though. I mean, like, yeah, I don't know for sure. He's like, I don't know, a hundred kilos or something. Or maybe not that big, but eighty yeah. something kilos. I'm dude, just saying, you... like, no matter how big you are, if you're holding four hundred watts, multiple, you know, for no, multiple he was, thirty minutes, he was after. doing that five days in a row. That was, I, a, it was, that was a crazy I know, it was insane. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of big guys, did you guys uh, watch Ghana like almost get almost win a sprint in the Volta a couple days ago? I guess Tyler, last week. I've got to admit, these guys already know. I didn't even know that Sep was winning the Volta right now. Oh that's that's how little I followed <laughs> the Anyways, Volta. You guys were talking about like big guys, and I was mm-hmm. listening to the What's Occurring podcast, and they said Ghana averaged like I think it was like 800 watts for the last kilometer of that sprint just mm-hmm. like so it's like a minute going, at 800 I, I imagine that's not I that imagine. much but <laughs> <laughs> but like it was you know it's obviously like very stochastic right like hard mm-hmm. to accelerate to keep your position and then to like unleash some yeah probably four thousand watt sprint at the end to try to cap it off that well, was insane. did they say what is what his max power was uh i don't remember no mm-hmm. but still i mean like the dude has been he like pulled a lot and then also went for the sprint so and he's in the wind so, the whole time. Kind of wild. So, you know, you never usually see Ghana in a sprint. Is this just because uh, the 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 level of sprinters at the Vuelta is not that high? I think so. I mean, I think that and they've had, like, really bad luck within the team. So they're not really in the GC battle anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Ghana took a couple of gold medals on the or world championships on the on the track. So maybe he's got some, yeah. some sprinting form. What team is he so, on again? Uh, Ineos Grenadiers. I, I have you heard of them? Joking Ineos. or not? Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I have oh, no idea. Yeah, you know the you know the air quality for the gravel national championships, but you don't even know what team Ghana rides for. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm the only one that knows stuff about all types of bike racing on this podcast. <laughs> what are you, dude? You've got quiz to me, you. man. I know stuff about every type of bike racing. <laughs> okay, let's talk about cyclocross. <laughs> dude i put up I, I put up a poll on my youtube channel uh it was it was uh cross is coming and the the okay here are, here are the possible answers to this non-question i'm gluing my tubulars and learning dutch as i answer this poll cool time to get fat while i watch other people do that is that a new type of gravel racing i roll and who's cross New currently, currently uh, cool time to get fat while I watch other people do that is winning with 32%. How many yeah. people answer this thing? Uh, let's see. 
3.8K votes. <laughs> hmm. It's not enough data. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think you uh, you gravel pros, like we said last episode, should should maybe think about doing a little bit of cyclocross. Maybe you learn how to like because you learn how to handle your bikes on dirt. D- Dylan, Dylan, <laughs> instead of just pedaling hard D- all the time. Dylan doesn't need that. Dylan, oh, Dylan's good. That's right. A good he bike handler. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll yeah. give Dylan a lot of credit for that, but there are a lot no, of guys that I agree could could use that. Yeah, they had Adam it. and I. Adam and I were actually just having a text conversation about uh, drop bars at Schwamigan. I think mm. it's probably fairly obvious to anybody who listens to this podcast that both me and Adam are definitely going to be on drop bars. Well, I don't want to speak for you, Adam. Are you going to be on drop bars? Yeah, I'm just going to do it. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> I in my mind, it's so I it, like it's. It, I'm not even thinking twice about drop bars for Schwamigan. Um, it's like the most obvious decision that possibly is. But I, I would say that probably most of the people that we're racing against are not in that boat. You know, they're just like, oh, normal mountain bike is the best is the best bike for Schwamigan. And what? Just chop chop the bars so they're narrow, or not even do that, or not even. I mean, know. some people do that for sure, but hmm. I would say 95 percent of the field will just run a standard mountain bike. Yeah. Which I mean, that's probably because that's all they've ever ridden off road yeah. on. Yeah, honestly, I think I, I think the too. I think what it is is people look at a drop bar mountain bike and they immediately think it's like now it's like a gravel bike. But what mm. they what they overlook is that it's it's a, still a mountain bike. Like I I still ride my drop bar mountain bike like a mountain bike. Mm. So nothing changes s- about the lines. Nothing changes about the way it handles. Nothing so changes about people, the terrain that I would all, people cover always on it. hate. People always hate when the bike industry comes out with a new category of bike for some reason. Like there was so much hate for that 750 D wheel. Like if you go to Ben Delaney's post about the 750 D wheel, it's just hate comment after hate comment, like not a new standard. It's like, okay, what do you, what do you guys not want any innovation in, in cycling? You just want to ride a freaking like, you know, dude, yeah, it's the same speed, thing. Like when, when with no brakes, the SRAM transmission stuff came out and everyone's like hating on the fact like, Oh, it doesn't have a driller hanger or like, Oh, now I'm gonna have to get a new bike because you know, you have to have a specific, you know, frame compatibility. And it's like, if yeah. you have a bike from the last three years, you have the correct frame. And why would you want an extra part? That's just designed to break. Why wouldn't you just want a part that's designed to not break? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, uh, hmm. I I get it. There's some stuff where you're like, okay, is that innovation or is that just changing a standard to change a standard? But I don't, I don't, you know, no one's forcing you to buy a new bike. You can ride the same bike from 2010 if you want to do that. Um, totally. And your bike from 2010 would probably be fine at Schwamigan. I Yeah, at Schwamigan, <laughs> honestly, for sure. It might be better. <laughs> It already had um, the chopped handlebars. What do you, uh, yo, speak, so speaking, speaking of new tech and innovation, what do you guys think of the new Shimano GRX? Did you look at that? What, they have 12 speed finally? Yeah, they just came out with 12 speed. Isn't it mechanical? Uh, innovative. Yeah, do, they didn't do a DIT version. <laughs> yeah, oh I, my so gosh. I think it's, uh, it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Such a SRAM fanboy. No, I, I, mean, I think DI2 is fine. Like okay. the thing that the thing that SRAM has done now is they've made wireless or just electronic shifting accessible. Yeah, man. When is like their, uh, their Apex group set, dude? It's so cheap. I mean, I'm, I'm putting cheap in quotations for all the listeners out there. Like it's so inexpensive to get into relative to other group sets. That's like, why would you not have 
electronic mm-hmm. if you could. Like if you're going to buy a new group set for your bike, it should it should be electronic at this point. Yeah. You know what's wild is that even even pro rider, pro mountain bike riders on Shimano <clears throat> will go for Dude, it's cable cuz they have to. Yeah. It's trash. Yeah, I mean <laughs> when it comes to like when it comes to innovation, like SRAM has just been eating Shimano's lunch in terms of getting something out to market. It might not, it might not be the best. Like I, I still feel like Shimano in terms of functionality is smoother, crisper, like it works really well, but mm-hmm. man, SRAM is just like putting stuff out there and wireless group sets, electronic shifting, like they have that corner now and you look at a shimano di2 group set and you're like why the hell do i have wires in this? like yeah what, yeah what's the deal but yeah like said, shimano still <laughs> shimano still hangs their hat on the fact that their front derailleur shifts better than any of the other front derailleurs and sram was like okay we're just going to eliminate the front <laughs> derailleur from the equation uno reverse card no front derailleur required at all yeah yeah i mean i yeah, I, like, I agree. I think Shimano needs to figure out wireless. I don't know why they haven't done that yet. Probably because SRAM. I thought like, SRAM has everything. like the. I think they have like the umbrella patent on it somehow. Yeah. Really? That's why. That's why Shimano had to come out with their like wireless shifters, but then there was still cables like attaching the battery to the derailleurs how, and the shifters much, to each other. And how much of Shimano versus SRAM, like within the company, is just a battle of patents? You know. Because they both don't want each other to one-up one up the other one, you know? I think that's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you if you put a patent down, then, I mean, you control that that IP, right? And people can't yeah. innovate on that particular Dude, it's fine, though. In 10 years, years, when that patent lapses, <laughs> Shimano will finally come out with wireless, or with the electronic DI2 for their GRX group set. Mm-hmm. Shimano, here's like the, what you need to do. You need to figure out a way that people can think about shifting and then just patent that shit so you can shift by, like, your synapses in your brain. Neurons firing. (laughs) Yeah. We should patent that. (laughs) Yeah. We'll do that with our tire company. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I mean, like, I I agree with you. Like, having access on both of my drop bar bikes, uh, it's it's really awesome. Uh, Like, having it makes, like, switching in between and traveling with it really easy. Uh, the one thing though, like watching Lachlan's riot divide, great divide, like, is that dude just charging his batteries and his panniers? Like that's the application that I'm just like, uh-huh. I would almost rather run a mechanical group set because at least it's, you can find a cable at yeah, every how, bike shop or, I mean, all so, you need is like five batteries with the pace that he's riding right now. <laughs> he could do it three, maybe not even five. I mean, they last like 20 hours. He's not riding for a hundred hours. I don't think maybe he is. Yeah. I don't know. I guess yeah, he probably is. But the people, the people who do, uh, the people who do Great Divide, uh, I'm just assuming they don't use electronic, right? Or are there no, some no, that do? For sure, they do. I saw Ted. Are, if you watch sure? King's video, oh yeah. yeah, he had access on there. I'm pretty so, sure. So what do they do? What do they do about charging? Most, I mean, most of the time they're like they're bike bike packers. You know, like that's their mm-hmm. thing. So they've got like the Dynamo Hub that's charging all their stuff. And they've got like a solar charger. They've got all this like extra stuff to charge what they need. Lachlan is not a bike packer, right? I mean, he's a he's a professional bike racer, and mm-hmm. he just does all these crazy adventures. So I have no idea what he's doing. Like maybe he yeah, has I a mean, bike set up with all that stuff, but I have no idea. I mean, they stop at hotels and stuff too, right? So I'm sure it's like you know one thing that they do while they're sleeping sure. for a couple hours is chuck chuck the battery on the. Uh, 
on the old sure. charger real quick and then yeah back in in and uh sram's got that like four up charger system now so you can charge all four batteries at one time yeah and if you carry four batteries with you that's you know how many hours of riding is that 80 hours of riding yeah you can get it get through i'm trying to find his bike right now it's on the on the ig's yeah, so it. so here's the thing, Dylan. I thought last year it was crazy that Lachlan did the Colorado Trail mm-hmm. the week before Schwamigan and then showed up at Schwamigan and still finished like top five or top ten or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's gonna freaking do the Continental Divide and he's gonna show up to Schwamigan next week. Yeah, I mean, something tells me he doesn't care about <clears throat> Schwamigan. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying it's like insane. It's like, crazy. It's crazy for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and dude, he like he he did both of those races over in Africa that I did. Well, he did, he did the second one. I didn't even do the second one, but they were both like super long stage races. Then he came back. Then he's been racing. He did he did Leadville, Breck Epic, and Steamboats all in a row. Yeah. Like does he does he post all of his frick, ride? Dude? rides on strava like i wonder what his yearly hours is up to i can't imagine it's actually that much because he just races a lot i i can't imagine he has that much time to even train i'm about to look it up right now okay yeah, I'm looking so at bike. so he uh his average okay his guess what his average time per week over the last four weeks is 32 hours 37 hours <laughs> dude all right, That's so freaking redonkulous. Where's time? And most of that is racing. So, so yeah, get now. I don't know if he he. It doesn't look like he posts everything. It looks like there was a huge span in the winter where he didn't post anything. Hopefully, he was just sleeping that entire time. Like he's like a bear. He just hibernates. <laughs> <laughs> His week last week was uh, where do I see it? Seventy eight hours of riding. What? Yeah. No, dude, that's got to. Oh, that, that, that was because he's he's on day eight of the. He's of doing the Continental the, Divide. Yeah, yeah, he's, that's how much you have to ride if you want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> thought I thought that was just a normal week for him. You're saying it's not a normal week. <laughs> <laughs> he did a 43 hour week. He did a the 43 hour uh, week. I think was the steamboat or like the he did a 32 hour week. Leadville Breck Epic steamboat. Yeah. No, he rides a lot. Dude, he, he races a lot. He looks like he didn't post very much at all in the winter. Because I was about to say our our time for 2023 is not that far off, but I think it's just because he didn't post in the winter. Or he just doesn't ride in the winter because he has to, like, recover. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Like, his, his, to- his, uh, his total time for 2023 is 667 hours and mine is 600, 630 hours. Wow. Yeah, and most of that is racing. Yeah. Dude races a lot. So, so I am curious though. Wasn't there like a big controversy a couple years ago with Lael Wilcox who was doing the Continental Divide, and she she had a camera crew with her, and then it it somehow DQ'd her from the actual FKT effort. Yeah, is that going to happen it's with this? Thing. Yeah, they, uh, they I think pretty you clear just give the that. big old middle finger to all those people. Honestly, <laughs> you can't have a camera crew like. What, what do you do? You not want the sport of bikepacking to gain any popularity? Like you can only do bikepacking if you don't document <laughs> it at all. Wouldn't it be more legit if you actually knew every step of the way that the rider was riding the whole time? Like, if you don't have a camera crew, what if you just hopped in the back but, of a truck for like? 
I'm 30 assu- miles. I'm assuming that they have that rule because they don't want the camera crew to give that person any assistance. What, what they what, what they the, claim though is even if you even if you do that right you say like okay I'm never gonna touch the camera crew I'm never gonna take anything from them I'm never gonna mm-hmm. never gonna have them you know carry my stuff they still will say that just knowing the camera crew is there gives you a peace of mind so you can ride harder because mm-hmm. like oh if I if I if I ride myself into the ground or if I hit the tree or if I my lights run out it, it doesn't matter because my camera crew's there okay. emotional support dude but. It's I mean, also, yeah. I mean, I, I it's they didn't take the Hippocratic oath, man. They could just leave you. I mean, it's also, it's also, I guess, uh, a lot of bike packing is is a mental game where you're trying not to quit when you're freaking, you know, ninety hours into a bike pack and it's raining and it's miserable. And if you have the pressure of a camera crew there with you, it could maybe spur you on to keep going. Didn't they used you to think have having the, the camera crew debate? is going to be more enticing to keep going than to quit? I don't know. <laughs> Depends they used on the to person. Have this, they used to have this same debate with, uh, with Bear Grylls. They'd say that Bear Grylls' man <laughs> versus wild was all fake because he's he had his camera crew. <laughs> but, like, dude's still drinking his pee in the wilderness. Like, they're just so filming it. But what it, was that fake or was that not fake? He well, was a lot like, of people said it was yeah. fake because if he needed to the camera crew could give him food. Like, I think one time yeah, he dude. took Will Ferrell with him. And within the first hour, Will Ferrell ha- had already like eaten, ha- eaten all the emergency food. <laughs> and, and okay. like, you know but, how short you know that I mean? show would be if the host died? Like, of course, like yeah, they're going <laughs> to exactly. That's what I'm trying to say is like, are we saying that safety doesn't matter? Like, yeah, we, we want you to go out and risk your life. So we don't want you to take safety precautions. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I EF, but was you, was like, was Bear Grylls? Uh, what was this show called? Man vs. Wild versus or something. Man vs. Yeah. Wild. Was that show fake or not? I don't know. Oh, okay. It looked pretty real. Like I don't, I'm pretty sure he drank the pee. I'm. I'm. Not, I don't doubt that he <laughs> drank just the pee. My question is like, <laughs> is like, did they also have a Snickers Dude, bar? Like, look at Lachlan's. Like, barely. He's not. He can't even move. He's like, like that's still legit, dude. I mean, he's. <laughs> Just because the camera crew's there, like he's still picking mud out of his tire and this stuff. Is, this is man versus wild bike edition. <laughs> we should get Bear Grylls to interview Lachlan at the end of it. Dude, it must be so smoky there. Look at he's got his gas mask on. Oh my gosh, <laughs> dude! Doing the tour divide in the smoke. How many years off his life is that taking? <laughs> and he's not even going to get an FKT. Dang, savage! Is is he on course? Is he on pace to set the FKT or no? Yes, I think he's on pace to to beat it by like more than a day. Wow. They say, so if you like follow EF, they were pretty close. They were pretty clear that like he would not qualify for the FKT. Um, oh, really? Cause of the camera crew. Yeah. Cause of the camera crew with oh him. So like gosh. they kind of knew it, but I was trying to look, uh, this was a post from yesterday. Uh, that was on the fifth. He was 10 hours up on the record. And he's already passed. Who, who, yo, so what is the governing body that like says this is an FKT or not an FKT? I don't know, dude. Maybe like probably just like a bunch of people that have chacos and you know <laughs> panniers on their bikes, and they just vote. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Isn't there like an arbiter of FKTs though? Because everybody got super hot and heavy into doing long. There isn't. There isn't. There is an arbiter of Everesting. I know that. Like yeah. there, there are strict rules about Everesting. Yeah, but who? I don't know. 
I feel like I feel like you can just go out and just make up whatever like whatever thing you want to do and just be like, well, I've got the FKT for it. Like, is there? I'd, it'd be interesting to know if there's like an arbiter <laughs> of it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of comments from people telling us that Dude, we're either wrong or right. His bike's got that crazy drop stem too. I think that's just his permanent mountain bike setup now. That's yeah. just what he. That's just how he rides mountain bikes. I don't see a Dynamo Hub on here, so I don't know how he's charging all this stuff. He's, Maybe he's doing just riding it. so fast, he's just stopping. Yeah, at man. He hotels. he only took he only took enough uh, SRAM batteries to make it through the length of time that it would take him to get the FKT, and if it takes him any longer than that, he just runs out of shipping. Single speeding, <laughs> just hopes it fails to the the big cog. <laughs> He'd probably be fine. Yeah. Dude, I like I remember watching thereabouts, like the first one where he and his brother like rode to the middle of Australia and was like, Oh man, that's super cool. And like now, however many years on, I feel like he's just taken it to a whole new level of just like Yeah, like I remember the, I remember there was a video like the first time they him and House did the unbound <laughs> and they were joking about how like yeah this gravel stuff's crazy you gotta like carry your own snacks and stuff <laughs> and yeah uh-huh. and and now that's like that's just lachlan dang yeah it does not sound great like i mean just reading some of the 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 text underneath or like the descriptions underneath his post like he's riding with like every jacket that he has on and he's like freezing cold and sleeping in a wet sleeping bag on like a wet bivy on the ground like Dude, how badass is that? is that? He he even knows that it doesn't even qualify as the <laughs> fastest known time. Mm-hmm. Which is willingly which is taking years off because <laughs> I his agree. time will I be agree. known and his time is going to be the fastest. So I don't know how that's not they considered need to get the rid fastest of that, known they need time. To get rid of that camera crew rule. Like if do you like do you want the sport of bike packing to grow or not? You can't have people film you. Yeah, dude. Their 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 YouTube videos get like quarter million views, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably way more than that, actually. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> well, that means that all the lifetime Grand Prix athletes are also disqualified. Um, yeah, so. there's camera crews everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, Keegan, that FKT at Leadville doesn't even count. Doesn't count. There's a freaking helicopter following him. Oh, uh, dear. Do you guys do you guys reach out to uh, other camera crews? Like, do you guys reach out to Avery and be like, hey, man, do you have any video of me? Um, where I'm like in the background or something that I, I don't even use. know who Avery is. I'll Sorry, thank you. <laughs> it's Alexi's cameraman. cameraman. I was gonna. I was oh. thinking that because I, I met Joe Gettle. It looks like Godel, but it's Gettle. I think you know him too, Dylan. You've mm-hmm. used some of his footage. He does some YouTube stuff. Yeah. I met him at BWR Utah, and I was thinking about messaging him saying, "Hey, like, I'll. Uh, what if I like gave you fifty bucks and your wife grabbed some." video of me bucks, as well dude, i just steal carrie warner's footage all the time <laughs> just straight off his youtube videos <laughs> i mean i give him a shout out i say like go check yeah. out carrie warner's channel but i don't pay for all it all right maybe i'll do i'll do that i'll do that i'll instead of paying him i'll just ask hey yeah, can your you. wife grab some photos of me as well because i know yeah. his wife had a camera at oh i don't i don't do this before the race i just like it any race that <laughs> carrie warner and i are in I just, you know, he puts out his his uh, vlog like is shortly he on after the, uh, race, is and he then on I'll the just steal comments? footage. No, oh, I just steal. Well, it. Then that's illegal. I think I, I think I asked him for permission one time, and then I stopped doing that because <laughs> he said no. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I'm going to use it anyways. That's like the classic bike racer move is to like message a photographer like after the race and be like, hey, do you have any photos of me? So good to know yep. that it's still you alive. See, well you see how the fast community. these lifetime Grand Prix riders get photos out? <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Well, they, it's like they, one they hour after it, the race, there's They a arrange photo. it ahead of time. It's not, yeah. Dude, I, I have photos arranged ahead of time. Why like, don't you get your photos so fast? Because I'll carry it up, the, his vlog faster. the photographers that I work with, I don't know. They don't get like, like, um, Russell Finsterwald will have like a full race recap post, like one hour after the race finishes. Yeah. Someone's curating that for him while he's still racing, man. I guess like, oh, he got flat tire down, power line. Okay, we got to put that in here. Open pop back up. Okay, we got to put that in here. Oh, he's drinking a never second or whatever gel pack. (laughs) Got to put that in here. He's also done. I guess I'm not on that level. I mean, he's also done with enough time to start working on that while you're still racing. So, <laughs> yeah, it's an hour after you finish, not after he finishes. That was kind of uh, like yeah. the Leadville episode where you were like, it rained on Powerline. And, and now it's like, yeah, dude, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the reverse. Adam, what do you think about this new Maxxis tire? Mm, you mean the one that literally every single person who has ever ridden for Maxxis talked about the same minute? Two days ago, <laughs> dude. When this is just getting, it's just, it's just too much, man. Like, gotta stop with this. Everyone's got to put the same post out there the same day at the same time. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's the the spot. The sponsors will send out a blast email saying, "Hey, can you all post about this thing?" I know, I know how it works. Yeah, but because of that, I didn't know Sep was winning the Vuelta because <laughs> all I knew about was this new freaking Maxis Rav- Ravenger, whatever it's called. <laughs> Isn't yeah. it just a cyclocross tire, just slightly yes. wider? It's the oh, it's the okay. uh, speed terrain. Speed terrain, just bigger. Sick. And everyone's like, "Oh, it's revolutionary! I can't believe that!" Like, yeah, I was so happy when when I finally got my hands on this tire. I'm like, dude, all they did was made a cyclocross tire a little bit bigger. See, dude, if you had just yeah. run 32s, you would have. And it's known. only 40. Like they they should have come out with a 45 or something too. Yeah, and it's still got the Maxis rubber compound. That's the biggest problem with it. Dude, speaking of revolutionary tires, did you see the official death of tubulars that was announced earlier this week? Wait, no. I don't know what you're talking about. Dugast? Dugast, yes. Are they going out uh, of business? Dugast now has tubeless tires. It's very sad. Wow. For cyclocross? For si- yes. <laughs> yes, for cyclocross. Tyler, have you ridden uh, tubeless for cyclocross? Uh, yes. Um, I have run the Terreno mix and I'm trying to think what else I had tubeless. I had a couple of tubeless you know which tires. Tire I hate tubeless mm. is the Terreno dry. Mm. Why? Cause it, it's square. Like mm. when, when it's mounted up, the tire is way too square and I just, mm. it, I can't stand it. Maybe the mix you is get, fine. Maybe you should get 750 D wheels and that'll change the shape of the Oh yeah, just stretch that shit out. <laughs> Logan Casper, who we had on the podcast uh, for the Unbound XL, he's totally convinced on the 750 D wheels. He, he really? wants it. Yeah, dang. He's also like six three or six. Maybe since his mom listens, uh, maybe his mom can get it for him for Christmas. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there are some like. I mean, I have kind of run the speed terrain. I felt the same way, the same way that you feel about the, um, the I hate drives. The speed terrain too. I feel the same way about like the chicanes. Um, sorry, Drew. I know he'll probably be upset when he listens back to this, but like 
the the knobs. <laughs> Drew just pops out of the, pops <laughs> out of the closet. He's like, you what's you talking about me? Challenge tires? How challenge. good they are? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. The honestly, like the uh, the Limus and the Baby Limus, probably some of the best intermediate to mud tires uh, ever. But agreed. The the chicane <laughs> is like you really got to commit to turning over that knob. That's what I'll say. It's uh, yeah. I've, uh, is the chicane? It's tough. I, so have you ever run the Dune? That's the that's the super dry one, dude, right? Yeah, dude. You might as well just run a Strata Bianchi at that point. Seriously, correct. I mean, but I think it's, the, it's I think crazy how much grip the... you still get in the grass. Yeah, mm. it's and it's a testament to how strong grass is. <laughs> hear that? Hear that, people of Austin? Grass is durable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like the Griffo is tried and true. I've like I've committed Griffo's to that hard to as beat. my yeah. I just that's my dry tire. I think you can get away with two for cross. You only need two tires, some Griffos and some Linus, and you're covered. All your bases are covered right there. Yeah, do you want to get off. fancy and do all Dude, these in betweens? I, I would. I would argue my my setup the last year that I raced cross was tubeless PDXs. That's it. Dry mm. mud, sand, one yeah. tire to rule them all. Yeah. You can train on it. You know it well. That's the baby Supple. Limus. You know what's really uh, good? Dude, dry I, hate, tire? I just don't like the baby Limus. It packs up, mm-hmm. and it's like you can feel it when you're on like hard pack too. Like those knobs are just like, mm. like I don't know, just too much tractor pull. Like the PDX is like the knobs are spaced far enough apart that it doesn't pack up, mm. and it just feels like it rolls fast. And Drew, what are you laughing at? Dylan's just sitting here thinking. <laughs> I, I would do the Pathfinder. Pathfinder 45. Dylan's like, man, I love talking about tires, cyclocross. but cyclocross tires so Yeah, these <laughs> just why would you ever it. run a thirty two? If I if I if I race cyclocross, I'm sure I would be a huge t- cyclocross tire nerd, but I don't, so it's honestly probably the best discipline for you if you are a tire nerd. I mean, yeah, seriously, just, Dylan, if in the days of Cannondale cyclocross world, you'd go past their tent and it's literally like 50 wheels just lined up and you're like, oh, look at all those zips, like <laughs> probably like $30,000 worth of wheels just lined up and Dude, they get chisel. to come back and ride whatever they want. And there's like eight different treads, yeah. three different PSI combinations and yeah, yeah. Dizzle, did you ever see Tom Pidcock's uh, Ineos trailer that would be rocked up at races just for him? I mean, at him, when I was over there last year, they, they would take the entire RV bus. Mm-hmm. And like at the tour, they have one of those for the whole team. At Cyclocross, yeah. they'd have the entire bus and you'd get to the race and there'd be the Ineos bus, the uh, Alpachin bus, and then the Yumbo bus just for those three riders. And then <laughs> all of the other Ninety uh, percent of the people had to share the rest of the. It was like those three riders got half of the parking, and everybody else had to split the other half. Yeah. So you're talking about Cannondale Cyclocross World. Uh, Pitters also has like a mechanics truck that will rock up to some races that has like glass, like automatic sliding doors at the back, and it's just like freaking wheels on one side and like bikes on the other it's pretty legit it's, it's pretty like the sweet. closest you can get to f1 yeah yeah is being on Ineos. yeah <laughs> dude i mean i've i've said that for a long time and i'm sure we've talked about in here like if there was one discipline that you could turn into a mainstream sport i do think it'd be cyclocross dude or if we crit, just had it in crit like, racing <laughs> dude there's too much maybe too much racing. fisticuffs and crit racing people get too 
angry. And there's too many riders. You know, like a a crit field has 150 riders. It's just too many stories to follow. That's true. A cyclocross race has 50 riders, you know, so you can kind of start to build a following of the top 10 or 15 pretty easily. I I think the thing about crit racing is that at, so for, so for somebody who's not a fan of bike racing, uh, you could (laughs) watch the entire, you could watch the entire crit race. And at any given moment, anybody (laughs) in the Peloton could win feasibly win the race. Whereas in, in cyclocross, there's people that are winning the race. And then there's people who are, you know, further back and they need to catch up. Which is more the type of racing that are pe- that people are used to watching, like if they watch car racing. Yeah, but that's whatever. how that's how F one is, and I think yeah. what they would need to do is they would need to build the story around the an, a series or the season versus like just that individual race, because then then you kind of get into like oh so and so is fighting for top ten points or whatever, so we're gonna you know we're gonna put a camera on that section of the race. We're still gonna look at you know Matthew Vanderpool off the front from now and you know from time to time, but we're gonna focus in on this battle for eighth through tenth or eighth through twelfth to see who gets points this week. Dude, I really think they should take cross to like um, like you know you ever been to like a minor league baseball game right? And you have Savannah like, Bananas. No. Yeah, I haven't. Okay, so Dylan, baseball is a sport. It's a ball sport <laughs> where someone throws a ball and the other person tries to hit it. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, I think if you took cyclocross to a venue like that where people could, because I don't know, everybody's got their like, oh, it's like motocross, but without you know, whatever. Oh, it's like steeplechase, but with bikes, like this, that, and the other. But if you could build a venue like a like a minor league baseball stadium essentially where you have an enclosed venue with stands that has stairs and Mm -hmm. crazy off camber in the outfield like where people could sit and stuff like that you could make a really uh spectator friendly event but you know the likelihood of anybody ever trying to get to that level is yeah i mean it's basically what they do with supercross right exactly exactly and supercross arguably is is the reason why so many people know even about dirt bike racing Mm -hmm. you know like most people don't know anything about dirt bike racing except they've they've seen people racing in a stadium and that's called Supercross and yeah. and it's sick and and you know fifty thousand people wait in line to buy tickets to get in and yeah like if they could figure out a way to make it into a stadium mm-hmm. sport like you're talking about I I agree yeah dude mm-hmm. and then, instead of like putting in like a random farm field in the middle of you know Kentucky where no one goes anyways. And you get 12 people that, that come on, no one pays to get in anyways. And it's just embarrassing. Yeah. And then we could have unbound be at a hippodrome instead of like in the fields of Kansas and people could drive Mm. by and be like, Oh, is this some like charity bike ride walk where like people have to just keep (laughs) riding for 12 hours straight? Like, no, that's a The volunteers are trying to give Keegan a finisher medal after he just sprinted. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. he knocks them all over a la remco <laughs> you know i do i do kind of feel bad for the cyclocross racers that, that are making this conversion to gravel because they have to not because they want to uh like um um carrie carrie made Carrie. a post about how you know i'm looking forward to schwam again it's like going to be the only grand prix event sub four hours and it probably will suit him very well. I expect him to do really good there. Um, and it's like there, there are these riders like Carrie and Tobin and and whatever that 
they don't necessarily want to be doing this lifetime Grand Prix thing, but they have to, you know, if they want to, if they want a cycling career. Yeah. I mean, they're the, it's the same way that like, you know, if you want to make it in cycling, you know, you used to have to try to create some type of content and I'm sure you still do, right? Like your, your job as a sponsored athlete is to be like an influencer and promoter of that ambassador of that particular brand. And now it's like the lifetime Grand Prix is the, I don't know, the 800 pound gorilla that if you want to make it in bike racing, like you got to do the lifetime Grand Prix because that's where all the Isn't that just such an It's an interesting dichotomy though, because like lifetime comes in and they're like, we're going to create this platform to give athletes the chance to make a name for themselves and make a real living and, and have all this support. But then there's riders who are in it that are like, I hate that I have to do this. <laughs> they probably wouldn't openly admit that, but yeah. Yeah, dude, some of them have openly admitted that. Have they? Yeah. I miss I miss that. You were just talking about it. Like Kerry doesn't want to be there. I mean he, I don't he think, wants to be there. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think Kerry says, Oh man, screw this Grand Prix. I mean, I guess I'll do it if I have to, but I hate it. <laughs> I guess Tobin does openly hate all the altitude races. Yeah, yeah. And that's fair. Because like hey, I, I really don't think that Kerry, uh, Kerry is built for long racing. Maybe he'll get better at, with time and with experience, but didn't do that well at Unbound. Didn't do that well at Leadville. You know, and he's done pretty decent at. Well, I guess I guess he did pretty decent at one BWR. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, races. like Kerry Warren. I'm not saying he can't do well at a long race. Like he can do mm-hmm. well at a long race. I'm just saying his long race results relative to his short race results that he's clearly better at short races. I don't think anyone yeah. would argue that. So playing the the advocate of the devil here, uh, would you would you say that like what's the depth of the field though in short races compared to long races? Do you think that has an effect on it? Like you're saying, is is the field strength stronger in lifetime Grand Prix events than it is in UCI cyclocross races? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I would agree. I don't. I don't yeah. I don't <laughs> and disagree. like Kerry, Kerry was like the cream of the crop in that discipline. Eh, mm-hmm. He was okay. You know what I mean, though. Like he, like he had the skills, he had the fitness. He, he spent a ton of time doing it. it you know, he, he raced that discipline for ten years. He knew all the courses. Like, yeah, you know. So like he, he had kind of, you know, he was kind of at the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. But then he comes over to the other stuff, and like he, I mean, yeah, like you're saying, Dylan, maybe give him five years. But by mm-hmm. then, he's also going to be like old and washed up. So might be, be behind the times. Yeah, I, I, I will say that Kerry was. Back when cross-country mountain bike racing was actually a real thing in the U.S., you know, five, ten years ago, Harry Warner was close to the top in cross-country mm-hmm. mountain bike racing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he won U23 nationals. Yeah. And then the next year, I think he was on the podium for Olympic I think nationals. wasn't Kerry top five this year? I know it was the same weekend yeah. as Crusher, so, like, not everyone was there. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. Mountain bike, that's what I'm saying. Mountain bike nationals this year is, like, going is was basically a local race except so for you Black, wouldn't have you know. sacrificed any years of your life to win that one <sighs> i mean if i had won that one it would have meant that i beat blevins right i'm like I, I get it i get it blevins, <laughs> blevins showed up but other than that it was like yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh wow i didn't know you would uh just keep poking carson like that but <laughs> that's cool <laughs> uh yeah. yeah. Do you think that Lifetime should get rid of Schwamigan from the series? Like, do you think it's too much of an anomaly based on the rest of the races? Schwamigan? 
Yeah. Here's here's why I think Schwamigan fits in the series. It, it is it is the physical demands of Schwamigan are so different than the rest of the series. But Schwamigan is one of these classic races that has been around for so long, and it's kind of like it's kind of like Leadville and Unbound in that way. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, have you ever heard of Schwamigan before the Lifetime Grand Prix, though? No, but everybody in Wisconsin <laughs> thought I was absolutely insane that I didn't know about that race. So didn't know how to pronounce it. For people in Wisconsin, it's like the biggest race. So same, same Iceman. So Iceman, I guess, is not owned by Lifetime, but I almost feel like if it was Lifetime or uh, Iceman would be the perfect end to the Lifetime Grand Prix because that's Dude. such a well-known race. Yeah. You know, and I and I think the riders would love that. I wouldn't love it, but okay, Alexi would like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I like it's what two hours, two hour mountain bike race. Well, two hour gravel, yeah, race essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I, I guess it depends on what like what's lifetimes angle, right? Like, are they just trying to like what is the outcome? Do they want to have people be who are like the best all around bike racers? Because if if so, like. I think you should keep it. You should probably diversify a little bit more. But if it's mm-hmm. just who's the best at endurance, then yeah, I don't know that two hours fits with the rest of them, like the rad so, and everything else. Yeah, right now I would say you don't have to be a super technically proficient rider to do very well in the Grand Prix. Maybe not win the Grand Prix, but like to do very well in the Grand Prix, you don't have to have insane technical skills. And I don't know if they're going to try to change that in the future by adding little sugar or whatever. But I do know that that has been a complaint from the mountain bikers in the series that, you know, you could almost do the whole series on a gravel bike. Um, So technically it's, it's an off road series, but, but the riders are never being tested technically. Yeah. So they don't need to come to our gravel skills camp then. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, they still don't, you know, still don't want to crash and finish the race. So, Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think like, I feel when I think about the Lifetime Grand Prix, I think it's like, oh, okay, who's really good at riding their bike hard for six hours? That doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. they're not strong at every other aspect of cycling. Like they couldn't jump into, you know, a short track race and do really well or, Mm -hmm. you know, a, a cross race and do really well or a crit or something like that. I'm sure all of the men and women who are doing life, the lifetime grand prix are just amazing athletes in general. Well, most of them, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, when I think of it, it's, it's who's really good at riding their bike hard for five and a half plus hours, not who's the yeah. best all around, you know, bike handler and bike, you know, cyclist in general, I guess. So it's a very sure. I feel it's pretty niche. Um, yeah. I think if you had to choose one cycling skill set to, prioritize if you're doing the grand prix it would probably be your five to six hour power i agree with that yeah i'm good (laughs) (laughs) should we answer some listener questions uh yeah i'm gonna go pee real quick first okay well shoot you You, have the listener you guys can check in with dizzle and see how whatever's going on over there (sighs) all right it's coming i finished i finished what i needed to now i'm just wrapping my bar tape did you get did you get your uh your uh crux yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm working on. Well, we can't. I mean, I can't see the bike, so whoa, murdered out. That's the privateer way, isn't it? Just murdered out. <laughs> Is it a stock model? Because that's the privateer way. You don't get a custom <laughs> Is, bike. <laughs> what? 
I said, is it, is it just a, does that come like stock off the floor? Cause that's a privateer. Yeah. Way. Yeah. No. Oh, I put my own parts on it, but yeah, it's uh it's not custom. <laughs> so what do you okay. think of it? Is good? Bad? I haven't wrote it yet. Got into oh, okay. it today. Right. Hey Drew, before we get hey, into the question, cool. what tires you running this weekend? Hey, you know, they already mounted the same ones from the last race. <laughs> what They're size are they? Change the tires. What size? 40s. Slim, man. Yeah, I did. Slim. I did, uh, I did some research, and Challenge does make a, uh, what's it called? A getaway in the 45. I, so I, I have got, it sitting in my tire closet, man. I've got some of those on the way. But I like the 40s, you know? I, I, uh, I can... I'm a cycle crosser. I'm used to 32s, man. So the okay, beta so- that I heard from from some people that that know the area uh, is the roads are a lot of the sections are going to be pretty sandy. Yeah, dude, you need wider, man. You're screwing yourself. The sandier it is, the wider the tire you need. Yeah, the race is in three days, so I don't think I'm going to change anything. Besides, <laughs> oh, you know, you're, like, you're literally still still building your bike right now. <laughs> you're not even going <laughs> to switching tires is not that hard, man. Yeah, I'm going to stick with these. All right, whatever. At this point, okay. I'm just doing it to like mess with Dylan. <laughs> you're just trolling Dylan. All right, well, Kevin from Instagram wants to know what is the optimal internal width to run 47 millimeter Pathfinder Pros on. <laughs> In general, have you found any good oh, rules of thumb for the ever-changing internal width of rims to tire width? Uh, my, didn't we answer this question? We, I think we answered this question. I think we did. It was probably a couple months ago, though. So we're just going to answer it again, even though we have so many backed up? Just, just tell them what you run. All right. So I have 25 millimeter internal rim width, and I, don't, I haven't messed around with rim width enough to tell you whether there's a better one or a not better one. I will say aerodynamically speaking, it is better. If you've got a wider tire, it's better for the rim to be wider. Um, so at at least from an aerodynamic standpoint, gravel width rims need to be way wider than they're current than they currently are. But yeah. And I would, I would say airing on the wider side is probably better. Uh, it'll help with like puncture protection as well as give you like a better rounded profile of the tire. So, for example, we were talking about tubeless cyclocross earlier, and I used to run 33-mil tubeless tires on 23-mil internal rims, and I thought that was perfect. So, 47, like, you could run 30-plus millimeter rim width, and it'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, Okay, this one's from Theo. Uh, He says, love the pod. I think Dylan should make the tattoo video, but put it only on the Bonk Bros Patreon. That might be the extra push to make me subscribe. Okay. <laughs> what was the tattoo video? Does tattoos uh, make you? I was faster? about to. I was about to oh, tell yeah. you guys whether tattoos affect your cycling performance or not, and then you, Adam, you were like, "I don't want to hear it. Let's go to the next question." That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> save it. We'll put it on the behind the Patreon paywall. Uh, okay. Hold on. My, I reached my time limit on Instagram. Oof. Okay, uh, Richard. Hey guys, I was wondering about Whoop and what your thoughts are of them. Do they actually help? And is something is it something worth buying? Would any of you guys actually use one? Also, love the podcast. Keep it up. Uh, I would use one if and when Whoop decides to sponsor the podcast. JPow, hit us up. <laughs> yeah, let's get in touch with JPow. Dude, Whoop does sponsor a lot of podcasts, huh? Yeah, man. The heck? Why have like not, not even yet? not not even uh, cycling related podcasts, dude. I I told you guys I sent you the stat this week. We're in the top one percent of all podcasts. You hear that? Whoop. 
Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I swear I like I was listening to uh I don't know, it was like a comedian podcast. Like this guy does not exercise and he's like, This episode is brought to you by Whoop, and I'm like, What are you using Whoop for, bro? <laughs> Have you guys have you guys worn Whoop or like an aura ring? Yeah, I, I, I currently I have wear for Whoop. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think to answer the person's question, to bring us back on track and answer the person's question, uh, I mean, I feel like it's good for a bit, and then you kind of like you learn what habits are not good for you and what habits aren't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah, are good for you and what which what is in, and then I don't know. I feel like at a certain point you kind of reach a or you're like, uh, I kind of know what, if I'm going to get a good night's sleep or if I, if I have a race coming up, I need to get sleep, stay hydrated, do yoga, whatever it is. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, I currently wear it and I look at it. Um, I think looking at it is interesting. I, I think I first started wearing whoop maybe four years ago or something. And I actually think that their algorithm has gotten better because I, mm, when I, I first started, so. wearing, when I first started wearing whoop, there were days where I felt like trash and it told me I was in the green and there are days where I yeah. felt amazing and I was in the red and I was like, this, this is useless. It's not did you ever, <laughs> did you ever have issues? I would, I would wear it on like, say I do a recovery ride, but I'd like go do some cross skills or I'd ride off road or something like that. And mm-hmm. it would always say like your max heart rate was 193 and i would like cross-reference that with my actual heart rate and it was uh-huh. always off it was always wrong so i yeah i don't know sort of eroded my belief in the data i guess I that think, was coming out I, I think it has a hard time measuring exercising heart rate i think it has a easier time measuring resting heart rate um yeah. i don't you I, I don't wear it during the day i only wear it at night because I think that the strain score that it gives you is utterly useless if you're an actual cyclist that uses a power meter. Yeah. Hmm. That's actually interesting. Dude, what I thought was crazy about Whoop is that it could tell if I went to play golf. Yeah, I, yeah, it told like me it, when I went for a bike ride. Well, I think it even it even like was able to discern whether I went mountain biking or road cycling. Really? Yeah. Cuz I don't think it has like an accelerometer built into it. It might, I don't know. How else would it be able to tell that? Just based on nuances and heart rate? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I I haven't even been training with a heart rate monitor for the last couple months. What? What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did you just like forget to change the batteries or like what's what's the deal? It died like two months ago and I I think I was traveling at the time. So I just uh, did, I couldn't get a new one right away. And I went like a week without it. And I was like, wow, that's actually kind of nice to ride without a heart rate monitor. So I just haven't mm-hmm. gotten another one. Ever since I, I like had those heart issues a couple years ago, I kind of get weird anxiety when like with around mm. heart rate and like doing certain workouts. Once I see heart rates kind of creeping up, or like sometimes the heart rate monitor itself is like too constricting. So mm. I've just kind of it's just been a little more mm. freeing to go without it. Yeah, good yeah. call. I yeah, like I raced Leadville without heart rate or power or power. I had like I recorded power, but I didn't. It wasn't displayed ever. Well, that's just, wow, that's smart. Just just RPE. Dude, if my, if I like was, uh, was get, you know, getting ready the morning of Leadville and my power meter didn't work, I think I'd just pack it up and go home. (laughs) (laughs) That's because you're a robot. So (laughs) no, but the power meter, honest, I'm being dead serious right now. I like, I would obviously still do the race, but I'm being dead serious right now. The power meter was so important to my race performance. You were were acclimated. For me, I wasn't acclimated. So the power was like arbitrary. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, dude, we got a message from Jake Burton, the late Jake Burton, 
R.I.P. From the from the beyond, yeah. From the big powder stash in the sky, I think so. Dang. Uh, in all seriousness, this is from Jake Burton. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said his last name. It's just from Jake. <laughs> uh, hey, y'all, listen to today's episode about gravel worlds. I did it a few years ago, and the super early dark start was one of my favorite parts. I was a mid to I was a mid pack rider, and it was so much fun. Also made the long day much better. Helped keep us out of the awful Nebraska heat a little bit. So I think we were talking about how it's ridiculous mm. that they start a 150-mile race in the dark, but apparently Jake likes it. Okay. So maybe they're doing it for you, Jake. Cool. Uh, what are your thoughts on using sodium bicarbonate? Yeah, I have, well, the video is specifically on AMP, Yemen. Oh. Um, but I do talk about the research on sodium bicarbonate. And the research is, I mean, it looks good. I have not used it myself because most of the races I do are ones where you kind of want to minimize GI distress as much as you possibly can. Uh, that being said, I mean, if there was a race for me to try it out at, I, obviously I should try it in training before I try it at the race, but it would probably be Schwamigan. Hmm. But yeah, I mean the research, the research like, would looks you just pretty down promising. Baking soda. Um, so you want, what you want to do is you want, I think you want to take it with a meal and then you need to give yourself enough time to go to the bathroom before the race and then you should be good. But like it, is it so a product it, or would you just be using off the well, shelf baking can, soda? You can use just off the shelf or, uh, Martin has, uh, bicarb you know, system, sodium bicarb system. That's way more expensive. If you want to buy that packaged. Baking soda, <laughs> Arm and Hammer. So, is it the fact that like, <laughs> is it the actual bicarbonate, or is it just the fact that like you just drop three kilos that leads to better performance <laughs> before the race? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I was talking to a guy who does use uh, sodium bicarbonate regularly, and he says there's a noticeable difference in power output. So, mm-hmm. um, and there <laughs> is re- there is research about it too that that looks promising. Wow. Now, the thing I I don't know is that a lot of you know a lot of supplements if you take if you take multiple supplements, they don't add on, they're not additive. They don't add to each other. So if you have to go through all of this hassle of taking sodium bicarbonate and you're already doing, you know, beetroot juice and caffeine and, and, um, you know, what, whatever other list of supplements that could potentially work, if it's no longer giving you a benefit, it's probably the biggest hassle to take sodium bicarbonate because there's the whole bathroom situation and it could potentially give you GI distress. So, Hmm. So I I used to use Amp Human because uh, I knew someone who worked there and got a boatload of it, like five year supply of it. Still have a wow. bunch of it. Um, so I was using it like in training and in racing, like all the time. But then I don't know. I, I kind of I think over an off season, I just like wasn't using it. And then when the season started up again, I wasn't using it still. And I was like, like I see really good numbers when I'm not using it. Uh, but interestingly enough. So I haven't really used it a whole lot in the last couple of years, but interestingly enough, this past weekend I used Amp Human uh, for a race, and I did it because I had like a terrible week leading up to the race. Like all of my workouts were complete shit. Like mm. I was doing a hundred watts less than normal. Like I don't know what was going on. So I was like, maybe I'll just use Amp Human and see if that helps at all. And I don't know. I I like had a really good race, so it's hard to say if it contributed at all. But I will say I had the worst cramps I've ever had in my entire life, like halfway through the race, like total leg lockups, had to get off the bike and like stretch my legs out. Uh, So I don't know if maybe like maybe using the sodium bicarb since I wasn't used to it did something weird. And like I, 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 I usually cramp. 
but not that bad. Like that was the, I, I'm still crampy right now. Like just sitting here, I feel like my legs could cramp. And this is like three days later. Wow. Dang. What race was it? Uh, it's called the Dakota 5.0. It's like a big mountain bike race out here. Mm. Yeah. So that's why Tyler randomly said, congrats, Adam, on the group text. Yeah, dude. Keeping up with that Instagram story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did you do with the race? Too? I don't even, I don't even know. He was uh, actually was on the real podium. Nice. Not this. Yeah, nice. I, was the, I was on the real podium. 10 person mountain bike podium. Man, we didn't even talk, talk about, about, we didn't even talk about how Scott got top 10 at the, the Maryland, uh, cycling classic, which by the way, can we stop calling races classic if they've been around for less than five years, five years, dude, if it's been around year. for less than like 40 years, they don't call it the Schwamigan classic. I mean, if they called it the Schwamigan Classic, I'd be fine with that because it's been around for a while. But calling it the Maryland Cycle, like that race is what, a year old, two years two, old? Yeah, this is yeah, the second, second annual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe Scott uh, will come on and tell us about it someday. Yeah, I feel like if we gave Scott a shout out for seventh place, he'd be like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, whatever. I honestly, I, I honestly don't know if he's happy about that result or not. He he seemed the is only... Scott, re- is Scott ever happy about anything? <laughs> The group that he was in was was legit. Like Simon Yates, yeah. a couple mm-hmm. of Trek dudes. Like it was him and Tyler Stites from like you know I'll say the continental level teams. Like that's pretty. That's a pretty legit result to come seventh in that race. Yeah, first non world tour guy. Was Nielsen in his group too? Uh, Nielsen was off the front. They were chasing Paulus and Squeens and oh, Gil okay. Moza and Harper, one other guy. So, but Tom won. No, Tom did not win. Tom got pulled back. His teammate, oof, man, this was this was spicy. His teammate, uh, Tom, attacked with like 30k to go, and it was maybe going into one lap, and like the group was bringing him back, and then Skelmoza like attacked, almost like as what, he was say trying, that name again, uh, Matthias Skelmoza. Okay, Danish rider. He races for a bike company called Trek. Um, hmm. They're an for American it? bike company, <laughs> but they have a world tour team. And World Tour is like Danish, on it. the lifetime. Yeah, Danish names are not. <laughs> Danish names are hard to pronounce. I got to be honest. With you. <laughs> uh, anyways, he attacked across like almost a bridge to to Tom's, but kind of seemingly like brought the group a little bit closer. And then I think it looked like it was pretty hot that day. So I think Tom's was cooked, but also wasn't. Um, it didn't look like they were stoked for each other after the race. Uh, mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into that too much. But anyways, Matias then went solo and then just like put a bunch of time into Palace. It's crazy how much time he got in such a short distance. Yeah, yeah wasn't it wasn't like a few minutes. Two, two and a half minutes or something. Wow. Yeah, it looked like they, as soon as he kind of got out past like 20, 30 seconds, I think they kind of started playing cat and mouse with one lap to go. And I know Palace was like dangling off the back. I think he looked like he needed to get some some water. And like, I think those guys were pretty were pretty cooked. Same with Scott's group. Scott's group got kind of close. Like Tyler Stites and Scott put in a dig to try to get closer, but then there's just, you know, there was like two Jayco guys, two Trek guys. Like they're not, you know, when you have two, you know, yeah, they're just not, they were never going to quite catch up. So hmm. it was a, it was an exciting race. The camera work sucked, but, uh, you know, the race was kind of exciting towards the, was it flow the, bikes? No, it was on GCN, but I think just the producer, whoever the director was, was like, they would like switch back to the finish line for two seconds, but it was like group seven on the road. Um, but then they would even like that group would be going in for like the final finish line sprint and then they'd cut back to the helicopter flying over the harbor. And it was like, 
okay <laughs> like we got the top we saw how like the top five finished and then after that it was like no idea so mm-hmm. yeah that was on gcn okay well we got we got some feedback from john <laughs> moving on <laughs> Uh, John says, hi, Bonk Bros. On your recent episode, you fielded a question from a listener about tires for Rebecca's Private Idaho. I agree with your answer. In the last two editions, I rode 700 by 40 seat tires. I felt beat on the stutter bumps. This year, I rode 700 by 47 Pathfinders. I was worried that I might not have enough traction for when it got wet, (laughs) but they were great. I also rode 20 minutes faster than in 2022, and I know my fitness was not significantly better. Maybe I I just rode smarter, rode better rode with a better group and made better decisions, but time was a decent amount faster with rain involved. Cheers. Keep doing what you're doing. John. Good John, call. I can't believe I, you would stroke Dylan's ego I, with this dude, reply. Specialized, <laughs> specialized needs to come. I swear. I mean, that, look, look, this is going to sound really egotistical, but I think I'm selling more specialized pathfinders than their paid gravel riders. sell. Oh dude, a hundred percent. Sophia didn't even ride pair. the pathfinders as her gravel tire of choice at Leadville. (laughs) You can't even buy Pathfinders anymore because you bought them all. Yeah. Maybe that's why they don't cut me a check. Their their sales are not actually ruining their inventory. We don't have enough. (laughs) Dude, talking Uh, about patents, you should just like, you should try to see if you could patent the word Pathfinder and then just be like, specialized, we can settle this really easily. You just give me lifetime supply of specialized Pathfinders 47s. Make it work in your advantage. You know, mm-hmm. set for life. Uh, okay, this one's from Ryan. All right, bros. Tire wheel talk. What is this? The tire show again? <laughs> <laughs> My next race is the. Dude, Moran. I swear, if this guy says specialized Pathfinder Pro in this email, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> My next race is the Moran One Sixty Six in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. The route has some sections of sand and chunk, from what I've heard. Now, I don't want to buy new tires, but currently I have 42mm Pathfinder Pros on a set of Roval <laughs> wheels and 48mm Panaracer Gravel Kings on DT Swiss wheels. Oh, mm-hmm. DT Swiss 650B wheels. Okay. Is there any benefit to a 650B in a race and will they actually help in the sand? So he wants to know, should he run 42 by 700 Pathfinders or 48 by 650B gravel kings so the limited racing that i've done in michigan i i do know it's sandy and if it's sandy the wider the tire you have the better i mean the better it's going to be for you the faster you're going to go the better the handling wider the better for sand so i would you know i think in an ideal world you would have you know your frame would have enough clearance where you could run that wide tire with a 700 wheel but i'm assuming that it doesn't because otherwise you wouldn't have it in a 650 size. You'd have it in a 700. I'd probably go with the wider. Just just knowing Sandy, Michigan. But it's the UP. That's like Wisconsin. Oh. So look, I'm not an expert <laughs> in all the terrain of Michigan. I'm just saying the where I've raced in Michigan, it was sandy enough that you needed a, a pretty honking wide tire. You don't need a you don't need a tire with good flat protection for Michigan. So. Oh, I mean, honestly, maybe something like the um, Renee. Oh, I was like, who's who's in Drew's camera? Forgot that he was at home. <laughs> maybe something like the uh, the family. I know. <laughs> maybe something like the Renee Hurst, um, whatever the slick one is that comes in like a forty-eight, or uh, that might be a good one with the Snow Quality Pass. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's the only one I remember. <laughs> How do you say slippery boy in French? <laughs> yeah. 
the fact that Renee Hurst names every different size of the same tread pattern, a different name is a little confusing to me. I just call it the, the slick one and the knobby one. Is that what they really do? I, I never even noticed yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> dude. So like the 44 millimeter version of the slick tire is a different name than the 48 millimeter, which is a different oh, name so than the 36. Yeah. They're all different names. And oh, never the only that. difference is the size of the tire. I, I've never, I've never run their tires cause they're so damn expensive. Yeah, they are very, they're, they're very expensive. And I will say that the the lightweight sidewall ones, I you know, they perform super well on uh bicycle rolling resistance.com, look like a super fast tire. They flat so incredibly easy. Um like they're worse than the Strata Bianchis. Hmm. So I mean if, if for practical purposes, I don't even really consider that a gravel tire. Yeah. Okay, we've got one more tire question. <laughs> And the, the email title is Urgent Tire Questions, so I figured we should answer it. Urgent? Yeah. Wow. Um, sending this to both the Ignition and Brethren of Bonkage, so please forgive me. Okay, this is from Ronald. I'm doing the Fool's Gold 60 this weekend. I have a set of wheels with Maxxis Forecaster 2.4. Did, did we miss this? No, it's it's he sent it yesterday. Oh, wow, okay. Urgent. Uh, and another set with Recon Race 2.4. Both wheel sets are the same. Which tire should I run? If I don't hear from you guys by Friday, I'll run the recons. Okay, just pretend you didn't hear from us because you should run the recons. Conti, Race King. Too late. He's already got forecasters <laughs> or recon races. Dude, isn't the forecaster like a... What is that? It's like a, yeah. sort of a mud tire. Yeah. I I mean, I would run the recon races for sure, unless it's going to be rainy. If it's going to be wet, the recon races are terrible. Well, if it's wet, then they take out all the single track sections of that race, and it's basically just a gravel race. Oh, you know the race? Yeah. I, I tried to look it up a little bit, actually, because I saw this email came th- through, and it looks like it's mostly gravel anyways. It is mostly gravel, and if it rains, like, it's Georgia clay, and it gets and your brake pads get disintegrated within 30 minutes, so they just take out all the single track, and it becomes a gravel race. Oh, okay. If so it yeah, rains. you should run the recon races. Either way. The, in the future, if you wanted a tire that you could run in the wet or the dry, you should just have one set of Aspen 2.4s. I will say, though, that if I was doing Fool's Gold uh, this weekend, I would be on Race King 2.2s. It wasn't an option. All right. Well, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> just Are you going to run the know. Race Kings at Schwalmigan? Is that even a question, man? Like, obviously. I obviously. do have a, I do have a pair of... Uh, x kings if it's muddy oh yeah you said that yeah 2.3 x kings they make the x king in a 2.3 why why have they not come out the 2.3 or 2.4 race kings yet i don't know man didn't didn't tom pidcock run those at some point wouldn't surprise me so they have the mold why not just make them i i know i know that that the the race king has been around for like 30 years it's about time they like update it (laughs) i have a i have a uh I have a Potter question because I'm not a listener. I'm a Potter. I have a host question. Will I lose a bottle with these cages? Yeah. What is that? That cage looks garbage. The zip <laughs> aluminum. It's aluminum. No. Have you used it before? Yeah, but it's super light. I've never lost a, a bottle in a crit with these. In a crit, bro. Why would you lose a bottle in a crit? Because Snake Alley, bro. No, dude, your bottle's gonna ejecto out of that nah, instantly. I think these are pretty good. I'm gonna I'm gonna use these. Okay. So why did you go ask? to your go to your local truck store. Maybe like I, I really just wanted to hear one of you all say, "No, those are awesome. You'll never lose a bottle." 
Well, you didn't. You struck out. <laughs> Dude, here's what you need to do. You need to go either get a set of bat cages, Bontrager bat cages from your local Trek store, or go buy some deck tape for a skateboard. Go to your local skate shop, mm. wear your beanie yeah. so you can look mm. the part, and then buy some deck tape and then trim it. I don't so look that like a skateboarder. Look at this. Look at my hat. Yeah, I look like a skateboarder. Yeah, you look like you know you way around. Pass, yeah. You look like you skateboarded 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, get some Drew, duct tape and then Drew, trim that and put it on the inside of your bottle cage. You've got that specialized My, sponsorship now. You should get the specialized Z cage. Yeah, I got the I got those. Um but I ordered two rights. Oh and so idiot. it's like amateur. So like you have to Yeah. <laughs> I could put one of those on, I guess. My my recommendation is to But get, these were already in the basement, so it get titanium cages. Silica makes a titanium cage, but titanium cages are super light. Maybe when they, I'm sponsored by Silica. they hold the bottle super well. I think I'm going to run these. You know what I ran at Utah? What? You know the classic, like, <laughs> aluminum ones? I just, like, the classic, like, with the, just the... Mm-hmm. Here, let me show That's what Dylan's talking about, but I'm talking, titanium. Yeah, but made in titanium. Those actually work super well. Oh, yeah. Because you can, you can like, well, preload them so that they're... They have like a plastic backing, which I feel like grips the bottle. And then I just bend the metal in super tight right. so that mm-hmm. it holds it. So you can these do that with titanium too. cages too, but titanium cages are half the weight of those. Yeah, no, these are super light. That's why I want to run them. Oh, yeah. Dude, there's only 5,000 feet of climbing and 130 miles. You don't need two Bottles. grams lighter bottle cage. <laughs> yes. The you don't even need to drink water. What I want to what yeah. I want to hear from you right now, Drew, is what are you doing to improve your aerodynamics? I turned my hoods in. <laughs> are aero bars allowed? No, because I, I ain't running them anyways. Screw uh, aero! Wow, cool. Lots. He's running narrower tires. That helps. I'm just That's gonna sit lots. on my. I'm gonna ride in my tops <laughs> and just power past Keegan and be like, "What's up?" <laughs> My name's Drew. I'm the new kid on the block. You don't know who I am. And I don't care about your quality, so I'm going to go hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's my you butt th- say? Because you're going to see a lot of it. <laughs> you think the bad air quality helps or hinders uh, aerodynamics? I would imagine it hurts. <laughs> you're riding through more particulates? Probably. We're going to ride just through fire. We're going to be riding through fire. You're going to blend in, worlds. <laughs> It's going to be like you have camouflage on. Yeah. Dude, my kit is so awesome, though. It stands out more than anybody else's. I know most <laughs> privateers go for, like, the all-black, discreet. What? I'm, like, Who? the opposite. I'm, like, I want everybody to see me. Who goes for all-black other than Adam Roberge? Everybody is, like, in the all-black. Like, the gravel way. I want you to name one other person. <laughs> you wear all-black. You're so edgy with all your black. <laughs> Every single race I've done this year, I wear the white kit. Oh. <laughs> you got me. All right. all right. Are we done here or do you want to keep going? I was done before we started. Yeah, we know, Drew. <laughs> Wait, Tyler, you sent a message to the Bong Bros. Yeah, dude. I had a talking about aerodynamics. We were talking about manicure. How many watts would it save if you could get a manicure with a ceramic coating on your nails? Yeah, dude. Think about it. <laughs> That was last episode. We were talking about we were talking about uh, Lauren getting you know pro tip to not get a manicure before a gravel dude, race. Speaking of Lauren, dude, she Why are we showed talking she, about that? Lauren showed up to the the mountain bike race this past weekend, and she let out the entire like twelve minute gravel climb to start. Legend. How'd she do? She won. She won. 
Well, yeah, but how'd she do amongst everyone? Oh, dude, I think she was top 10 overall. Dang. Yeah. She, she was first. Jenna Reinhardt was second. And Jenna's Dang. won the race like the last four years. So it was kind of a, a little bit yeah. of an upset. I don't know if I'd call it an upset because Lauren's world tour pro, but yeah. I wonder, you think, uh, you think she'll do the Grand Prix next year? You think that's why she's doing these off-road races? Uh, you know, I I don't know. Uh, I know she's doing Gravel Nationals this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how she's nervous that it's 130 miles because she's not sure if she can ride that long. Uh, she's fine. But she won Gravel Worlds. So yeah, like she, she, and she was fine, saying the man. same thing about that. Like She was kind of nervous if, if she would be able to hold on for that long at Gravel Worlds. I don't know. Um yeah. She she did the whole mountain bike race on two small water bottles and two gels. How long is the race? Four hours. Sick. That's, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> that's what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. She She's a beast, though. I will say that. I So I, I've done a 100-mile mountain bike race before where I talked to Carla Williams after the race, and she said that she did, like, the entire race on three gels. Yeah, it's bonkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally, literally. bonk. <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I had, I ate like over 400 grams of carbs and she had less than 40. Gnarly. Yeah. All right. Shut it down? Sure. Okay. Good luck this weekend, Drew. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. Bust, bust along. <laughs> yeah, you know it. <laughs>